This podcast is part of the Podbelly Network. Please visit podbelly.com to see a complete listing of all of our other shows. It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights. Goosebumps all through the night. Mixing just a little bit of twain. That girl sure can't do a thing. Together, hillbillies go insane. Laugh so hard it'll hurt your brain. Podcast you won't ever change. These two here, they got the recipe. Sat on back and listen in to some of our darkest mysteries, eh? Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. And now here's your host. Jerry and Tracy Polly and their dog Ninja. Hey, this is Nick Roth, and you're listening to Hillbilly Horror Stories. Hey guys, welcome to episode 274 of Hillbilly Horror Stories. I'm Jerry. And I'm Tracy. Tracy, we are pre-recording this because at the time this comes out, we will be on our way back on a very long drive from Dallas. Mm-hmm. Probably 12, 13 hours. <sighs> After seeing my butt hurting already. I foresee the same. <laughs> Anyways, so we're actually going to be playing you one of our uh, older Patreon episodes. This goes back a couple of years, but it's on strange coincidences mm-hmm. throughout history. And I, I kind of really had fun with this one. So um, I'm glad to actually put it out for you guys to hear that. But before we get going with that, obviously, we want to thank all of our military and civil servants all over the world, no matter which country you represent, Thanks to all of you men, women, and service animals for everything you do to keep us safe every day. Amen. Appreciate y'all so much. We can't thank you enough. And we keep praying for you guys every day. Thank you for being our angels on this earth. Also, we want to make sure that you're aware that if you're struggling right now uh, mentally, that you reach out and talk to somebody. Don't keep the stuff bottled up and don't feel like that you don't have anybody that you can talk to. I know we will gladly, I don't care if we're on the road when we get this, we will gladly talk to you and spend as much time as we can uh, to try to help you feel more like yourself of before course. we get off the phone. And, you know, like I said, we've always got the group, and no matter what time of day it is, what day of the week it is, there is always somebody in there willing to help. And for some reason, if you would rather talk to a complete stranger, which is completely understandable, what can they do, Tracy? They can call the hotline at 800-273-8255, or you can also text at 741-741. They'll be there to help you out and to lend an ear. And like Jerry said, please contact us anytime, day or night. Um, You know, if you want to send us a message or whatever, we'll give you our phone numbers, whatever we need to do um, to talk with you and just listen, because we love you guys and you mean everything to us. Absolutely. So... Let's jump into this episode. Now, we also have an interview at the end of an interview. It's not, it's a more of a personal story mm-hmm. from Philip in Tennessee. Right. He actually has, a, he's got an auto auction he works at that he thinks is haunted. He sent me a video. He's supposed to post the video. And if he doesn't, I'll try to do that. Oh, that's cool. And while we're on that subject, I am sorry I have not posted the videos yet. From uh-huh, Reagan, from, from Reagan. Missouri, because I know a lot of people are interested. I promise you, as soon as I post it, I will announce it on here, and and I will put it everywhere. You can, I'll have it on Twitter. I'll have it on Instagram. You name it, I'll have it up everywhere that you could possibly see it. So you haven't missed it yet. I just haven't put it up yet. It's a lot to go through, believe it or not. It might not seem like it when you see it, but it's a lot to come through. And 
Hurry up. People okay, are waiting. I know they are. I've never heard people so interested about seeing oh, some yeah. videos. I mean, can you blame them? No, I can't. I can't. So that's coming up. You know, so I appreciate everybody's patience with that. Okay. Let's jump into this episode. And then right after the episode, we'll be right back. And then we'll talk to Philip. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the September. It is September, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, September uh, uh, <laughs> it feels like November. I know it. It's nice outside. It is. It's so nice. But this is the September bonus episode for for the Patreon listeners. Once again, thank you guys for your support. And I think we've got a really cool show for you. This one is a little bit different than anything we've ever done. But that's what these shows are about, right? Yeah. Something different. What I thought we would cover on this one is... Huge... dinks. Are you done running the format? Oh. Coincidences. Coincidinks. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do um, some of what I think are, are some of the coolest coincidences in history. And some of them you may have heard of, some of them you haven't, but some, there's about four or five of them we're going to go into pretty good detail on. Very cool. And then the other ones we'll, uh, we'll kind of skim over, but I think, the, I think this is going to be a cool show. I've been kind of excited about doing it. Okay, me too. All right. Let's jump right into it. The first one we're going to do is the Hoover Dam. You're familiar, right? I am familiar with the Hoover Dam. I even went on the Dam Dam tour. <laughs> you, were not, you were not on Vegas vacation. I know, but I've always wanted to say that. You just gave me the opportunity. But I have been to the Hoover Dam, and it's like, awesome. Did y'all go to the Dam when you went to Vegas? No, no, we did not. I went a long time ago. I thought y'all were supposed to be going. Well, I thought we were going to do a lot of things. I didn't get my daggone crab legs either, but I don't even get into that because I'm going to get mad. You're going to have to take me to Vegas soon. That's <laughs> not going to happen. Damn uh, it. But there is a casino night tomorrow night in the hotel on, on the convention I'm going to. Well, you suck. Will you play? No. Why? I'll just give my fake money to somebody else. Oh. I don't even, even want to lose fake money. Oh, well, come on. You're a dick. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about the Hoover Dam. So back at the turn of the 20th century, um, people, especially engineers, felt like that the Black Canyon and the Boulder Canyon had some serious potential for supporting a dam that could produce hydroelectric power, uh, especially for that area right there. Now, why was this a big deal? It's just the combination of the two areas. It was just perfect for that. And there's not a whole lot of places that's perfect for a dam. But that one was perfect because not only was it that, but the Colorado River was such a raging river that mm -hmm. was like, okay, this is like the perfect storm, literally. You got two canyons that meet each other. You got a roaring river. And if we're going to do a hydroelectric plant, this is like the perfect place to be able to do it. And, and you know, obviously electricity and stuff, we're talking, you know, back in the, um, the 20s, you know, that was that. I have no idea what the hell that was. All right. Sorry about that. <laughs> I was scared. Weird shit happening in our room again. Uh, so anyway, so this was like the perfect setup, right? So this obviously is a huge project. Uh, 1928, the proposal actually became a reality. In 1936, it was completed. And that was two years ahead of schedule. So if you base everything on that, you would say this was a pretty easy project. Anytime you can figure a, a hefty project two years ahead of schedule. Yeah, that's that's amazing. But that's not actually going to be the case here. Oh, well, way to build um, me up. That's just great. <laughs> it sounded like an easy accomplishment, but it's not true. 96 construction workers 
are confirmed to have died during the time that this started in 28 and finished in 36. Over an eight-year period, they lost an average of about 12 people a year. Wow, that's crazy. Yep. And sad. Most believe that actually more people died than that, but that's just what was listed. Because keep in mind, you didn't have these OSHA laws and all these reporting and Mm -hmm. stuff like that back then. Now, there's rumors that there are actually construction workers built within the walls, like people who had died were... Uh, within the pillars or whatever, the concrete and stuff oh like that. Oh, my God. Well, that's just rumors. That only that's, happened on Roseanne. That's <laughs> Crystal's but, boyfriend died in the pillar of concrete. I Can you it, imagine? Yeah. Well, that's not that's not what really happened. That's, that you don't think that really happened? No, it was just a rumor. Oh, it was so just that, a rumor. Yeah, it's confirmed that there was nobody there. Oh, well, that's good. But let's talk about the very first death. The first death was a guy named John Gregory Tierney. He was one of the initial surveyors. His job was to go out and find the perfect place to put this mm-hmm. or to start it. You know, so during the time of doing the finding the perfect spot, he was he took, I guess you could say, a dive <laughs> because he kind of went in the water yeah. and, and never came back up. They never found him again. That's way far down. Yeah. So he drowned before they even got the project underway, uh-huh. actually looking for the spot. It took almost two weeks for the for the news to get back to Las Vegas. Because this place was in such a remote location. I mean, at the time, there wasn't anything around there. Mm -hmm. So now it's just like a hop, skip, and a jump away. Nobody thinks nothing of it. But at the time, there was nothing there. This was, you know, just basically vast wasteland. So the news gets back. John's son, Patrick Tierney, was 12 years old when he lost his dad. His mom was so devastated that they moved back to Missouri, which is Springfield, Missouri, where we have a lot of uh, listeners at. Yeah. So I bring that up. Woohoo. He just so they're back to Missouri. That's where they originally had lived. They went out west for mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. He meets, you know, goes to high school. He meets the love of his life that he ends up marrying. Uh, in 1931, they had a son together. And the Great Depression was really kicking in right now, and, and things were tough. He couldn't find work. He decided he was going to move out west to, to find a job. Okay. So he moves out because the dam was the biggest construction project going, and during the Great Depression, it was hard to find work. He went and said, hey, can I get a job here? And he kind of figured that maybe he could use his dad's death to kind of guilt him into giving him a job. So they gave him a job. And, uh, you know, he's he's working. Everything seems to be fine. Uh, Now, according to a newspaper, an electrician's helper fell 320 feet to his death on December 20th, 1935. That person who fell to his death was Patrick Tierney. Oh. Now, what makes this an odd coincidence is he was the last death on construction. His dad was the first and he was the last? His dad was the very first death on this project. What? And eight years later, he was the last death. Are the flipping odds of that? I don't know. I didn't see that in the research. Oh, that's really sad. But damn, damn. <laughs> damn. <laughs> It's like a, that episode of uh, uh, Good Times. Remember when, uh, Flo- uh, what were they, Florida, when James died? And he oh, like, she goes, damn, damn, damn. 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> we watch too much TV. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I don't know why we pay for cable when everything we watch is on BTV. I don't know. It's the best channel ever. All right. Well, let's talk about the second one. This is one that I thought is probably the coolest. I don't know why I didn't put it number one. But there's really, really, there's no order in these. I just, yeah. just listed them out. The Titanic. Oh, I cried so hard. That was a movie. That, I know. Let me tell y'all something. I went to see that dang movie, and I could not 
leave the theater for like 10 minutes. I mean, I was blubbering, crying, snorting, crying. It was like, (laughs) it was so bad. And my boyfriend back then was like, oh my God, Tracy. And I'm like, I can't help it. Nobody can see me. I mean, like my eyeballs were swollen. I cried so much over that movie. Okay, that's all I have to say. Go ahead. That's the way I felt about eating your tuna casserole tonight. What? Well, I mean, I wasn't afraid for anybody to see me, but the rest of it was pretty accurate. You did not even, you ate a bowl. I did. And you loved it. Okay. All right, let's talk about other disasters. The Titanic. 14 years before the Titanic's maiden voyage in 1898, author Morgan Robertson wrote a novella, which I don't, I still don't know the difference between a novel and a novella. I mean, it's shorter, but. Novella's a girl, a novel's a boy. (laughs) 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 I just made that up. Yeah, I'm sure you did. (laughs) Um, So anyway, he wrote a, a novella called The Wreck of the Titan. So not Titanic, Uh but The Wreck of the Titan. okay. The story features a huge ship named Titan that sinks in the Atlantic after hitting an iceberg. Sound familiar? Now, according to the novella, as we've determined, Titan was the largest type of of its kind to float on the ocean, okay? And it was one of the greatest works of man, according to the book. It was equal to that of a first-class hotel and unsinkable. All that sound kind of familiar? If, Keep in mind, yeah. this was 14 years before the Titanic was even... Isn't that weird? Yeah. It was planned, I say. Yeah. Now, just based on this, you would think that he predicted what would happen to the Titanic. But it goes way deeper than this, okay? Yeah, it really does. Although... <laughs> no, I planned that. <laughs> Although the book was written way before the Titanic, was even designed, the similarities are actually amazing. Both ships were steel vessels. Both were around 800 feet long. Both were owned by Great Britain. Both sank in the Atlantic. Both hit icebergs. Both were in April around midnight. And like the Titanic, there were not enough lifeboats on board. So all this was in the book, almost exactly what happened. How is that possible? I mean, it just... That's why this show's on coincidences. Oh. That's the whole point. If it was all possible. Anyways, so the amazing similarities to the size and the life savings equipment were also the same. In the book, the Titan was built using the newest technology, uh, including like an addition of 19 watertight compartments. With nine compartments flooded, it would still be able to float. But, and, and the Titanic was actually built the exact same way. It's almost like they were using this as a blueprint yeah. to actually build the Titanic. Because no foreseeable disaster at sea could cause it to fill these compartments up, they only had the lowest number of lifeboats required by law, which was nowhere near enough. There was 24... 24 oh, that was really stupid on their part. But they felt like that it couldn't be sank, so they were just doing the minimum. Like I said, 24 lifeboats was the minimum. That's enough for 500 people, and there were over 2,000 passengers oh, on board wow. in the book. It, oh. That's that's in the book. And, of course, the, it hit an iceberg and uh, 2,987 people died in the book. Now, according to the real-life Titanic, it was about 1,500 people that died, but it was the same situation. There was only 24 lifeboats. I mean, it, well, it's amazing they didn't, the same. they didn't fill the lifeboats like they were supposed to. That's true. And that was another stupid move. So let's talk about coincidence number three because there's a tie-in with the Titanic. Just because you said tie-in? Yeah. See, this is, don't act like I'm not witty. Well, about that. Okay. Number three, this is on Violet Jessup. You ever heard of her? Mm Mm-mm. Violet Jessup 
is a young lady at the time. She was a uh, what you call a stewardess. So the same thing that you would see on planes today, mm -hmm. they had on ships back then. So they had stewardess back then as well. So same position, just years and years ago. She was 24 years old, and she worked on the Titanic. But her story starts way before that because she was actually born in Argentina. She was the oldest child of, an, of Irish immigrants. She contracted TB when she was a little girl and was told that she only had a few months to live. But she went on to beat TB and actually lived a, a really long life. She moved to England and sought work as a stewardess on ships, which you would think would be for a 24-year-old attractive young lady, that seems like that's a no-brainer. But that was not the way things went back then. They usually had middle-aged, unattractive women as stewardesses, as crazy as that sounds. They felt like that her being young and pretty would actually get in the way of her doing her job. Hmm. So she was hired by White Star Line and started working for the Majestic. That was another ship that they owned. Everybody only talks about Titanic, but they had, you know, other ships too, White Star Line did. Mm -hmm. So she was working for the Majestic. She later switched to the Olympic in 1910. One year later, in 1911, the Olympic collided with the HMS Hogg. And surprisingly enough, the HMS Hogg was actually designed to sink older ships by ramming them. Ah. Kind of ironic that they actually hit that ship. So right. when they did, the Olympic actually had a lot of major damage, and it started to sink. It didn't sink, but it started to sink. Mm -hmm. She was able to get off of it not long after that. Oh, so she was able. She did. I mean, so was there people killed on that ship? No, then? no, oh, no. Okay, no. Good. It's just it's just more of a coincidence when we tie into the other things. So she's involved in a shipwreck, basically, and she's able to get off, no problems. So then she eventually, just a little bit after that, she accepted a job to work on the Titanic, and we all know what happened there. <laughs> so that sank. It did. Yeah, I hope I didn't spoil that for you. You did. 1,500 people died, but Violet escaped on Lifeboat 16. Get out of here with her. Yeah. Go, girl. Now, this started leading up to World War One, uh, and she wanted to try to help out, and she decided to become a nurse on um, Britain's sister ship, the Britannic. So you had the Titanic and you had the Britannic that were they were uh -huh. similar to each other. They were very similar in size, all that stuff. And she thought that would be a cool thing to do. So she was on that, and they were in the Aegean Sea. They actually, well, you can probably guess what happened. What's happens. the Aegean Sea? <clears throat> oh, what'd you say? Aegean Sea. What is that? It's <laughs> what? I'm dumb. Okay, what? It's a sea na named the Aegean. Oh. <laughs> it's not, it's not a bunch of letters. <laughs> oh. It's not like the A&P that you go shopping at. She was shopping at the Aegean Sea. Well, it's your dang accent. I couldn't understand what you said. <laughs> My accent was fine on that. I said the Aegean Sea, which is okay. What it's you called. can see where I'm coming from. So go ahead. They had a cur I guess they had a crash. Yes. Oh. <laughs> the Br the Britannic actually ran into a mine that was put there by a German U-boat. <gasps> it suffered major damage and began to sink. Did anybody die on that one? Well, she wasn't so lucky as to get on a lifeboat this time. Oh. But she did jump overboard into the sea. And a and shark hater. And she said that, um, she later joked that, that the only reason she survived was because of her thick hair. <laughs> That's a joke like you would make. A horrible hey. joke. <laughs> <laughs> hey, your hair can uh, accomplish a lot for you. My hair can't accomplish it. You have none. That's why you can't. So, so her thick hair saved her? That was a joke, babe. But remember how I said she later joked 
Her oh. thick hair really didn't save her. Oh, God as bless As much it. as you would want that to be the case. What the heck are you doing to me tonight? <laughs> so I'm feeling extra ignorant for some reason. But after all these incidents, she decided to kind of take a break, as you well, can imagine. I mean, I can imagine. You can only push her luck so far. Then she worked on the Royal Mail ships in uh, in England for until she retired up in 1961. Mm-hmm. Or I'm sorry, at the age of 61. And she died in 1971 at the age of 84 years old. Oh, I love her. So she was on three different ships that were about to sink, one of which being the Titanic, that all those people died. And the other one was another sinking ship, and she survived all three ships. Because she's supposed to be here for a reason, for a purpose. Yeah, to deliver the mail, apparently. <laughs> she was on mail ships. <laughs> oh, that what? I thought you meant I thought you meant a ship that just only had males on it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I'm on a roll tonight. All right, well, listen, let's, let's move on. This one's not quite as fun. No. It's just a really cool coincidence. But it's the Erdington murders. Have you ever heard of those? No. Erdington is a, a suburb of Birmingham, England. These stories kind of date back. I mean, obviously, that town dates all the way back to the ninth century because everything over in England's like way older than stuff over here. The ninth century? Ninth century. Wow. Like year 1000. Oh, that's so cool. Go ahead. <clears throat> Sorry. So it's got kind of a dark history, though, because this town has a tie-in of two murders of young women that were really familiar all the way down to the day of the murders. The creepiest part is the two murders happened 157 years apart. Oh. So it's 6.30 a.m. on May 27th. 7th of 1817, George Jackson came across a bundle of clothes, a hat, and some shoes near a water-filled pit. He informed the police, and they came out. It was the body of Mary Ashford. She had bruises on her arms and had presumably been raped before her death. So, let me get this right. The Earth had only been here a thousand years? (laughs) (laughs) No. Okay, I'm going to give you a breakdown of this. This is how this works. <laughs> what? When you have a century, the century started after the, the birth of Jesus. I love Jesus. So good. So when it's the ninth century, that's the year 1000. That's 1000 years after Christ. BC, AC. AC, uh-huh. So that's what that was. So, yeah, the Earth was here way, way before. Don't you remember dinosaurs and stuff? Uh, No, I'm not that old. No. (laughs) 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 So, yeah, that's how that works. Okay. I hope y'all can excuse my ignorance today. I seem to be extra (laughs) ignorant today for some reason. So just play along, and it's okay, Tracy. <laughs> so okay. I don't feel so bad. Go ahead. So this girl was pulled from a pit. She had bruising. She had presumably been raped. Yeah. The main suspect was a man named Abraham Ashford, which I thought was odd because they had the same last name. Well, yeah, I was just going to say but that I was her name, wasn't But it? that turns out it was just a coincidence, I guess. Now, he and Mary were romantically involved. Abraham claimed that he was innocent. A trial started August 8th, and public opinion, obviously, was, was he was guilty. It was like the OJ deal. Everybody's just like, yep, he's guilty. Yeah. But there was three witnesses that confirmed his alibi. And with no concrete evidence along with that, it led, led to him not being convicted. So he was able to walk. Now, exactly 157 years later, on May 27, 1974, another 20-year-old woman, because she was 20 years old also, another 20-year-old woman was murdered and left in a ditch in the exact same spot as Mary Ashford was, no was kidding. found. No kidding. 
The girl had been dead for about a few days. She showed signs of rape and strangulation. Barbara Force was her name. She was with her boyfriend, Simon Belcher, on the evening of her death. Uh, They were dancing at a whole bunch of other bars, so a bunch of people saw him dancing that night. Uh, Belcher said that he had walked her to the bus station at 1 a.m., and that was the last he saw of her. Mm -hmm. A massive manhunt ensued. Over 100 different detectives were involved in this. A suspect was found, a guy named Michael Ian Thornton. He was put on trial. He was also found not guilty for a lack of evidence. But this happened on the exact same day, 157 years apart. Both 20-year-old girls found in the exact same place. Wow. Same day, same place, same age. And what year was that? Uh, What year was that again? Though this one was 1978. So they didn't have anything back in the 70s to test DNA and all that no, crap? No, they didn't start testing. OJ was the first famous DNA case. And that was well, we see how that went. Yeah, but that was the first time. That, that's no why, kidding. That's I didn't why know if, that. If you, if you went back and watched the OJ trial again, there was all kinds of... It was the first trial where DNA really became up because they were having to explain to people what DNA was during the trial. Which now everybody knows what DNA is. Right. Back then, nobody knew. Isn't that it was like, it was like this new technology. Yeah. yeah. And that was one of the biggest things. They were bringing people into discredited, oh, well, you can't count DNA because of this yeah. and that. So, yeah, it was it was brand new technology back then. Wow. That's amazing. And how far we've come now. So. All right. Well, let's talk about number five. Deuce X. Now, Deuce X is a computer sci-fi game that was really big back in the early 2000s. Now, I'm not big into computer gaming or any of that stuff, but this thing was considered one of the greatest PC games ever. Yeah, um, I've never heard of it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not our cup of tea, but it's one PC game of the year, like several years. Oh, so well, it was, that's awesome. It was, yeah, Must have been was, some good stuff then. Now, there's numeral myths that kind of surround this game, but the most famous one is the one we're going to talk about. It involves the Twin Towers, and it's kind of fitting because we're recording this on 9-11. Oh, wow. And That's a coincidence. Yep, yeah, actually... How weird is that? I know. So we're recording a story, and we we didn't know we were going to be recording this tonight. We usually would record this on probably the 14th, mm-hmm. but I'm going to be out of town, so we're doing it tonight. Long story short, um, this involves the Twin Towers and the, and the 9-11 attacks. Now, if you played the original game that came out in 2000, now keep in mind the attacks were on 2001, mm-hmm. so a year before that, you will be sent on, in, in the game, you get sent on all these different missions, right? Mm-hmm. And so you go do this, you go do that. It's just like any other game. They just give you this, and when you get finished with that one, you go to another one. Well, all these all these little missions they send you on are in, quote-unquote, Liberty City, which is obviously New York. Now, what makes this odd is that the game, when it kind of pans out and shows you the New, New York skyline, mm-hmm. there is no Twin Towers in it. What? Well, that's and weird. the story in the game, because you know how these games always give you a little story. Yeah. The story is that the Twin Towers were attacked by terrorists, and that's why they're not there. What? A full year before this you happened. You lie. Nope. Now, the game says that the reason this was is because um, there was uh, like there was limitations in 2000 about everything that they could actually put uh, on the computer engines and stuff where they could make. And when they did the New York skyline, they had to crop it. And in order to crop it and to get everything to fit in, there was no way that they could include the Twin Towers. So they just didn't put it in, and then they just made that story up to have a reason why it wasn't there. But the reality of it is, the only reason that they left it out is because they didn't have the capability 
to do the skyline the way they wanted to with the Twin Towers and be able to put everything in. I don't believe they, that. they would have been cut off. I don't believe that. Well, <laughs> I know. So then what do you think? These game developers just happen to know that... They're in on it. I know that sounds like a... It could be like a conspiracy theory type thing. Yeah. But the reality of it is the Twin... Or the, the World Trade Center had already been a victim of a terrorist attack before. Because remember the guy drove the truck down there? Yeah. Into the, um, the parking garage and set off a bomb. But it didn't do anything like that happened. So, I mean, yeah. it's been a target before. So that really wouldn't be without, you know, question that it happened. It just was a coincidence, once again, that it just happened to mm. come a year before. And it just and kind then of... it did, yeah. Yeah. So it well, had people... Sad. People were actually going back to this game trying to see, well, see? what else is it going to be able to tell us? Well, but, yeah. But the reality was nothing because that was just a coincidence. <sighs> sad, sad day. Today's been a... A good day, but a sad day, and I know everybody feels the same way. Yeah, it's tough. I had uh, uh, Julie, and she'll be listening to this. She actually sent us a message from over in England saying, oh, "Hey, good. I was I was thinking about you guys today because obviously mm-hmm. this, you know, the, the anniversary of those horrible yeah. attacks, and yeah, just so sad. You know, three thousand people basically died yeah. that day, and Ugh, just and you know, while we're on that subject, I don't know where I stand on this, and or really where you stand on it, but. There's a lot of conspiracy theory talk about whether, you know, that was planned by the government, whether how much of it really actually happened. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a a couple of shows that, you know, we've listened to in the past that that break all this stuff down. And and I tell you, there was a time to where if you just said, oh, that could have been a hoax or it could have been, Mm -hmm. you know, planned by the government, I'd have thought, what the hell are you on? Right. But... I've seen and listened to so much stuff in the last couple of years. It really makes you think. It makes you think that mm-hmm. there could be a possibility. Yeah, and that is disgusting. Yeah. That's disgusting. So. So. Oh well, well, let's jump back on to what All we're right, doing. let's do that. Now, these other ones aren't going to be as detailed. But I love America. I just want to say that. <laughs> okay. These other ones are, um, they're not quite as detailed. So we'll go a little bit faster on them, but I thought they were really cool. So this one happened in the late 19th century. A guy by the name of Henry Ziegland broke up with his girlfriend. She was so distraught that she killed herself. Her brother took offense to this, obviously, and he hunted Ziegland down and he killed him. Mm-hmm. And right after he killed him, he turned the gun on himself, but he missed. And the bullet actually went and hit a tree and stuck in the tree. Okay. Years later, he went to blow up that tree for something. It needed to be out of the way. Mm-hmm. When he blew the tree up, that bullet became dislodged and propelled through the air and actually hit him in the head and killed him. <laughs> so think about this. Oh, my gosh. So what originally was supposed to happen was he was going to kill himself with that gun. He missed and then years later, that bullet that was supposed to kill him actually did kill him in a freak accident. I wonder if after he died, he was like, what the heck? I'm guessing probably not. He was probably like... Well, he probably came... That's what I'm guessing. Oh, that is the most bizarre thing ever. That is the craziest thing ever. We got more bizarre stuff to talk about. <sighs> I got a whole bunch of these things. King Umberto I of Italy. Umberto. Umberto. King Umberto I of Italy 
He ran across his double. Everybody says you got a double in life, what, right? What are they called? A dop, doppelganger? Mm-hmm. Well, we won't get into doppelganger. But okay, but go ahead. Yeah, doppelgangers are actually, it's like, it's not really lookalikes. That's what everybody says. Oh. Oh, it's my doppelganger. Doppelganger is basically you in another dimension. It's like you can be in two places at once, but it's you. Oh. That's what a doppelganger is. Oh. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, that's why I educate you. Because I'd, 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 I'd be surprised if a lot of people know what a true doppelganger is. Yeah, I had no idea. So anyway, he runs across his double, and he's eating at this little small restaurant, and he keeps looking at, at the owner, and he's like, that guy looks amazingly just like me. And you know, back then, it wouldn't have been unusual for kings and stuff to have mm-hmm. body doubles and stuff just to... Oh, of course, yeah, to protection. Right, whatever. for protection. Mm-hmm. Or and, to mislead or something. Right. So he's sitting there and he's talking and he goes up and he says, I got to talk to this guy. So he goes up and he finds out there are way more similarities than the fact that they look each other, look like each other, right? They were both, both born in the exact same town. They were born on the same day of the same year. So initially I'm thinking they got to be twins, twins or something, yeah, but that course. never really came up, even though that could be the case, I guess. They both married... Women named Margarita. I know. The owner, actually, of the restaurant, he opened his restaurant the same day that the king was crowned king, where he was from. Then, it really gets weird. Because the day after they met, the owner was killed by an accidental shooting. The same day, Umberto was assassinated. Get on out of here. Yep. So, they meet. Oh, my god! They find out they were born same day, same oh, year, same town. Both married women named Margarita. Mm-mm. He started his restaurant the exact same day that he was crowned king. And the very next day, they were both killed in two totally unrelated accidents. Man, they only got to know each other for hours and it was done. Hmm? Well, that is really creepy. Nothing says creepy like Edgar Allan Poe. And he wrote a book called The Narrative of Arthur Gordon Pyre of Nantucket. He's quite the wordsman. Yeah. <laughs> In the book, there were four shipwreck survivors who eventually killed and ate a cabin boy named Richard Parker. Well, that's gross. Remember, just like the Titanic book, how the truth mm-hmm. eventually ends up coming around. Mm-hmm. Several years later, a yacht named the Mignonette sank and left four survivors. The three oldest killed and ate the cabin boy. His name? It is not. Richard Parker. Now, somebody made this up. No. Seriously. Nope. Sorry, hate to disappoint you, but it's true. Why can't they just eat fish? When they in the ocean? Like, like on that Geico commercial. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ew, gross. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. John Adams and Thomas Jefferson, obviously two uh, forefathers of this country. They were the best of friends. And then they had a, a stretch where they had kind of a falling out and didn't talk to each other for a while. Mm-hmm. And then, but before their deaths, they actually made got up. back to, yeah, mm-hmm. they made up and got to back to being friends. They both died on the 4th of July. Exactly 50 years after the signing of the Declaration of Independence. No. 
What do you mean no? Like the same time they didn't do it at the same time, did they? No, but they both died on the same day. They both died on July fourth, exactly fifty years. So they died on the exact same day, fifty years after they signed the Declaration of Independence. That's so crazy. How did they how did they die? Do you know? They're just old. Just old. I think it's 50 years after they signed it, and they were all in their 20s, yeah. late 20s or something then, so they were in their 70s, Well, I'm 80s. glad they died as friends. Yeah. They were friends again. Everybody back then used to wear those powdered wigs and stuff. And they didn't do nothing for you guys. Sorry about that. <laughs> Mark Twain. Mark Twain, in Halley's Comet, has a, I guess, a bond, we'll say. Now, Mark Twain was born November 30th, 1835, two weeks after Halley's Comet passed through. It only comes through every 70 some odd years. And he said that he came in with a Halley's Comet and it's come in 1835 and it's coming again next year. I expect to go out with it. It will be the greatest disappointment of my life if I don't go out with Halley's Comet. The Almighty has said, no doubt. Now here are these unaccountable freaks. They came in together. They must go out together. That's what he said the Mm -hmm. year before. Mm -hmm. He died April 21st, 1910, one day after Haley Comet returned. Oh, wow. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Fancy story's cool. Yes. Twin brothers from Finland. In 2002... One brother was killed while he was riding his bike down the street. Uh, he was struck by a taxi. Oh, was it hit and run? Did the taxi guy stop? Yeah, he stopped. Oh, good. Two hours later, his twin brother was killed on the exact same street, same way, hit by a car, approximately a mile up the road. Now, that's terrible. But why was he out driving on the road when his brother just got he didn't, killed? He didn't know. Oh, he didn't know? No. Oh, poor mom and dad. That's so sad. And here's the last one we got on coincidences. Oh. Abraham Lincoln's son was pulled from a train track right before a train came by a man by the name of Edwin Booth. Now, Lincoln's son had recognized Booth because he was a pretty well-known actor uh, back on on in plays and stuff on stage. The odd thing about that, obviously, is two years later, Edwin's brother, John Wilkes Booth, actually assassinated Abraham Lincoln. Well, what a butthole. <laughs> so you got one member of the family saving one and the other member of the family killing, killing the other one. one. Wow. That's amazing. I, will, I bet there's just so many thousands and millions of other coincidences. Well, then obviously you've got the whole Abraham Lincoln and Kennedy yeah. thing that I didn't touch on because almost everybody knows about yeah. that. Well, that... Um, I just, that's so bizarre. Those things are bizarre. Ain't they, though? I mean, how do you, how does that even come together like that? I guess that's what makes them coincidences. Yeah, that's true. Oh, I hope you can find some more. Oh, I will. I'm yeah. going to find some more. Oh, that was, that was kind of fun. All right, so I got a couple other quick ones. Um, they're not quite as detailed as some of the first, but I just thought they were really cool stories. So, are you ready for the first one? I'm ready. This happened in Detroit in the 1930s. There was a street cleaner by the name of Joseph Figlock. That's an interesting name. <laughs> yeah. So he was walking, uh, actually walking through one of the alleys that he was working in, and a baby fell from the fourth story out of a window, landed on top of him. 
Oh, dang. He broke the baby's fall, and neither one of them were hurt. Oh, wow. But that's not the coincidence. The oh. coincidence was the next year, Mr. Figlock was walking down the same alley, and the same baby fell out of the same window and landed on him again. You're lying. And neither one of them were hurt. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's probably thinking... Where's your dang mother and you ain't watching you falling out the yeah, window? Yeah, where's CPS? This is, how in the world? I'd like to see what happened in the next five years. Did, is the, does the next year, did the kid just happen to fall and nobody was there? Oh, yeah. I mean, a kid can't keep doing that. I mean, he'll eventually crush the guy below. <laughs> He's lucky crazy. that didn't happen. Anyway, four stories. Think about that. Well, yeah. So that's, I mean, that's probably 40 feet in the air. Yeah. And, and I don't know how old the baby was, so. That's amazing that he was put there two times in a row like that yep and there's one coming up later about a uh, church that'll kind of surprise you oh well that was a cool story well here's the next one in 1974 a moped driver in bermuda was killed when he hit a taxi oh well the taxi actually hit him yeah taxi now the coincidental part is one year later that man's brother was killed on that same moped on the same street he was hit by the same taxi, same taxi driver, and he had the same passenger in it. Oh, now, so come on, Jerry. Everything was, this, this stuff is documented. This was in 1974 in Bermuda. How can that be possible? The same know. everything? Everything was the same. So it was, it was his brother on the same moped that he got killed on. He hit the same taxi with the same taxi driver, and he happened to have the same passenger. <laughs> <laughs> Now, that's just freaky. I know it. Is but, Bermuda not a big place? They don't have very many... No, it's not a big place. I, was gonna, I almost said I don't, they don't have very many customers. <laughs> that's not what I meant. <laughs> well, well, that's crazy. Now, this next thing I thought was kind of... It's not as much of a coincidence, I don't guess, as mm-hmm. it's just kind of a fun fact. Well, it's really not a fun fact, deciding, you know, because of who's involved. Mm-hmm. But you've got Hitler, <laughs> Stalin... And Joseph, they were collectively responsible for more than 79 million deaths. Those 79 million? I mean, yeah. Oh, Between my them, gosh. 79 million deaths. They all lived in Vienna at the exact same time, and frequently they would all walk in the same park. I, I mean, that's just unheard of. Nature don't quite believe in himself. Yep. So, I mean, like I said, it's not really a coincidence, but what's the odds on those three of the evilest people of all time at one time lived in the exact same spot? Yeah. So, sorry about Ninja trying to get deeply involved in the uh, the stories, but if there's one thing I found out about this dog, he loves coincidences. He does. He he surely does. He's probably thinking to himself, why the hell were there three terrible, horrible men that caused all that havoc? That's probably what I was all thinking. All living in the exact same spot yeah. at one point. Yeah. So, like I said, some of these are they're coincidences, but they're, they're kind of more fun facts. Like, in 1895, there were only two cars in the entire state of Ohio. Two they, cars? Two cars, period. In the whole state of Ohio in 1895, they crashed into each other. <laughs> 
now that's funny. I mean, think about that. As big a damn state as that is, there's only two cars in an entire state, and they crashed into each other. <laughs> and you know, I heard that originally on um, Paul Harvey mm-hmm. in one of his The Rest of the Stories. It was the first time I ever heard that. Yeah, that is so crazy. Now, this one is, I guess some background is going to be required on this one. Because uh, in 1914, we took a little trip. Now that's 1814. Okay, my bad. 1914, a German mother bought an individual photographic plate. Mm -hmm. Now, a photographic plate, for people who are unfamiliar, because I understand that we're used to just taking pictures on our cell phones and all that. But back in the day, you had to actually buy buy like a, a plate that to take a, a picture with and you can only take one picture on it and then you had to take that to a specialist to actually get the picture made well that what yeah it was just like um i'm trying to think of how to it's almost like a little a little box that had what you needed in it wow that would not fly today for no, sure no no <laughs> You take a selfie, and then by the time it's all done, you'll be like 10 years older. Yeah, I don't think they were taking selfies back then. (laughs) So she she goes and she buys one of these uh, photographic plates to take a picture of her son. She took it to a specialty shop to have the picture made, but about that time is when World War I broke out. So she never went back to get it. Oh, wow. So she moved away, and about two years later, uh, she moved to Frankfurt. Frankfurt, Germany, and about mm-hmm. two years later, she went and bought another one because she's going to take a picture of her daughter. Mm-hmm. And she took it to a specialty place, had it developed, and then what she realized is that the plate that she had bought was the original plate because it was a picture of her. It was a double exposure picture. It was a picture of her daughter over top of the picture she took of her son two oh, years ago. I thought that was cool. Yeah, but I mean... She moved 100 miles away, and it wasn't unusual for them to take these uh, uh, photographic plates and reuse them. But for whatever reason, with this one, the method they used that would completely clean it didn't didn't work properly. So it still had some of her son on there, which normally would not have been oh, the case. Oh, man, that's crazy. This is kind of a sad story, and it, and it reminds me of uh, another sad story from my childhood. But a South African um, astronomer... By the name, and I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong, but it's Danny DeToit. T-O-I-T. I I don't know. DeToit? Yeah, that sounds about right. And he's 49 years old. He was giving this lecture, and the lecture was actually um, focusing on the fact that death could could come at any time. Mm -hmm. That was the lecture. When his speech was done, he uh, popped a peppermint in his mouth, sat down, and then choked to death on the candy. (gasps) Right after giving a speech about how death could come at any time. Oh, my gosh. And that, that reminds me of a story. That's so terrible. It is terrible. And when I was about 17, 18 years old, a kid that I went to school with, his name was Joey Dunsell, and he lived in my neighborhood. He was a real big kid. You know you know what I mean by big kid? Yeah. Like, he was kind of fat and stuff, and... But he was a really cool kid, and we mm-hmm. used to kind of hang out on occasion. I'd go down to his house and, and a little bit. But he had that same thing happen to him because I can remember there being fire trucks and stuff like that uh, down there one day and trying to figure out what happened. And uh, he had a piece of hard candy and was leaning back in his chair, 
And when he was leaning back in his chair, it kind of gave way a little bit. Mm-hmm. And when it did, he swallowed his candy and he actually choked to death <gasps> on a piece of hard candy. Oh, my God. They couldn't save him at all. No. No, they said that by the time they actually got to him that he had been without oxygen so long. that. Oh, my gosh. Over a stupid piece of candy. Yeah. I and mean, he was like, like I said, he was, I think we were like 17 or 18 years old. Aww. But we were fresh out of high school, so. <gasps> But that actually reminds me of another story, which I was actually told something that was wrong um, about Lifesavers. And I don't know if you've ever heard this or not. Do you know how Lifesavers got their name? No. Well, I thought I knew, and then I thought I didn't know, and then I found out that I was right to begin with. Oh, okay. I was always under the impression that Lifesavers got their names because they look like the, the Lifesavers or the life. Preservers that you would throw, yeah, that you would throw off of a ship. Mm -hmm. But then somebody told me that they heard at camp that the reason they're called lifesavers is because it's a mint that with that hole in it, that if you swallowed it, you could still breathe. Oh, that was the why they were called Mm lifesavers, and the the, uh, owner uh, of um, the or the inventor of lifesavers, he had a kid that had choked to death on a piece of hard candy, and. He came up with the idea of doing that so that people wouldn't choke to death. Yeah. Then I found out that that was actually false. Oh. And that was just a made-up thing. And the inventor actually just didn't want the square kind. He wanted the round kind of... uh, decided. He went to a pharmaceutical company and had them make these mints and put the hole in there. And he didn't have a reason for doing that. He just didn't want the square kind. Most of the mints were like... um, Pillow shaped. Yeah. And he decided he wanted to do round ones and he had them cut the hole in it. Mm-hmm. And um, he then they, they started called, they picked up the name Lifesavers because people said, hey, they did look like the things that you oh, wow. threw overboard. So it was a coincidence, but there was no actual daughter that died of mm-hmm. heart candy and all that stuff. So if you, anybody ever tells you that, uh, that's not what really happened. So. Oh my gosh. Wow. Here's another cool story. In the 1920s, Anne Paris, she was uh, an American author, mm-hmm. but she was over in um, France, over in Paris, and she was looking through a bookstore, and she found this book called Jack Frost and uh, Other Stories, and she was with her husband, and she tells her husband, she, you know, after she picked the book up, she said that that was her favorite book of all time. She remembered as a kid uh, reading that book, mm-hmm. and it was just like the greatest thing ever. Well, her husband opened the book up, and when he opened it up, he saw an inscription that said, Ann Parrish, 2009 North Weber Street, Colorado Springs. This was her book that she actually had as a kid in the, in the United States, and this was in a bookstore in Paris. Oh, my Lord. So she happened to found that book, and then when it opened up, it was the book that she had. <gasps> She must have been, like, so excited. That would be so cool. But, I mean, see, once again, that's that's just the odds that of something so like that happening. That is so weird. Well, good for her. Now, here's the story I was telling you about that I thought was kind of cool. Westside Baptist Church in Beatrice, Nebraska, they always had choir practice on Wednesday nights at 7.20 p.m. sharp. At 727 on Wednesday, March 1st, 1950, the church exploded due to a natural gas leak. Oh, Lord. Miraculously, nobody was hurt because all 15 members and the choir director were all running late that evening. (gasps) 
Every one of them? Every one. 16 people were all running late the same night that the place exploded seven minutes after the time they would have been there. Well, look what God did, I think. You could say God, I would think God intervened there. (laughs) I would think that that probably had, uh, if I was going to ever say that, that would probably be the time to do it. Oh my gosh. That is so amazing. So, I thought that was pretty cool. That is cool. I wonder why they met at 7.20. What a weird time. Yeah, I don't know. I mean. I guess people had to get off work. I don't know. I have no idea. (laughs) Not even going to (laughs) speculate. All right, so here's the last one I've got. And I thought this was just more of a funny mm-hmm. uh, story. In 2006, so this one's recent. 2006, there was a fisherman by the name of Mark Anderson. He was a captain of a fishing boat named the um, Copious. He found a 92-year-old message in a bottle. Oh, how cool is that? And I don't know what it said, but Guinness... Book of World Records said that that was the oldest message in a bottle ever found. He was always bragging about it, mm-hmm. uh, especially to his best friend, uh, a guy named Andrew Leeper. And Andrew Leeper kind of got sick of it. Mm-hmm. It, was like, it was like, my God, won't you just shut up about it? Mm-hmm. But <laughs> Andrew was actually captain in that same fishing boat in 2012, and he found a 98 year old message in a bottle and he actually replaced Anderson in the Guinness Book of World Records. (laughs) So six years after listening to his shit nonstop. Now you had to listen to his crap. He happened to find the other. So these two guys who were friends in the same boat six years apart just happened to find the two oldest messages in a bottle in the entire world. I mean, did, well... I wonder if they were if they could read them. Did anybody read any of it? I don't or know. No? I didn't see anything about. Oh, what, that would be cool. I'd love to know what that said. See, it said sending out an SOS. It might not have. Oh, but that's what the police. If said I spend time in a bottle, that's be it. I'd just be okay. floating around. Okay. So I say Jeannie spent time in a bottle. That didn't work out well for her. Oh, it did not. I'm a genie in a bottle, baby. <laughs> come, come, come on and let me out. Yeah. What's <laughs> wrong? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed your uh, episode completely on coincidences. I have no clue what we're going to do uh, next next show on, but I'm debating on some stuff because I think we're going to let you guys into our little world. Oh, and God. we're going to have an all-Kentucky episode because there is a story, and this has been a big story. It was actually on, uh, I think, Dateline, which tells you it's a big story. But it wasn't about somebody going to a house and meeting a young girl, was it? <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't it wasn't Chris Hansen? It wasn't Chris Hansen. <laughs> okay, we don't want to go there. <laughs> the people, how stupid do you got to be? Wow. Because first of all, as soon as you walk in and the person says, oh, I'm in the kitchen baking cookies or something yeah. like that, get the hell out. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know that by now. The ding-along wasn't thinking it's yeah. time. But um, there is a case of a young lady and a gentleman in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. They they met, fell in love, high school sweethearts, blah, 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 blah. And it ended up having a very tragic ending. But part of it was because the gentleman in the relationship claimed that he was possessed by the devil. And some very no more. 
That's what I'm saying. But some very unique stuff happened in that. Uh, this was, like I said, was a very high profile case. That's why I'm not giving out the name and all that stuff. But um, I think that you guys may be fascinated with that. And then the other part of that is, you know, how we like to do some um, some paranormal mixed in. That one has a little bit. But many of you probably don't know that that uh, Old Louisville, which is a, a section of Louisville that really is Old Louisville. I mean, it's beautiful Victorian houses. Uh, it's the largest stretches of Victorian houses in the United States as far as the uh, largest number. Also, that area of Old Louisville is, is listed as the most haunted neighborhood mm-hmm. in the entire United States. Mm-hmm. Those and, houses are beautiful. Yeah. And because of that, there are bunches of stories. Bunches. So I thought it might be cool to tell you the story of Donna. And that's all I'm going to say. I won't tell you her last name. To tell you her story, because it is a true crime with some twists and some turns and a little bit of uh, paranormal mixed in. And then tell you about some of the hauntings and stuff, which one of the stories we'll tell you about is a house that it's got a, a double homicide just a few years ago. Uh, involved in it so a little bit of true crime in both of them but um, the double homicide also involves some um, previous voices and stuff being heard in the house Mm. that um, some of that could be blamed on so good that's what i got planned for the for next month so it's going to be kind of fun i think and i had debated like i said on the uh the the story of of the the one that was on dateline i had debated on whether to put that on a patreon episode or put it on a regular episode and uh, after just thinking about it and thinking about it, I thought, you know, I want to keep the best of the best stories for you guys. And uh, I thought, you know, so why not just do that one on a Patreon episode? So that's what we're going to do. Sounds good, baby. Thank you guys so much for supporting us. Thank uh, you, guys. We yeah, appreciate we you. We love, love you to you. death. And um, we'll go ahead and, and uh, already started working on a listener's episode. So if you guys have a, a listener's story. We're going to do those uh, over the course of next week because the week after we'll be on vacation and we got Scarefest and it'd be harder to get it done. Mm-hmm. So we will get all those. We're going to try to get all this done next week. So if you've got a story that you want us to um, hook up with you and, and have you tell it over the air, uh, go ahead and give us a, a call. I know some of you have already given us stories and I told you in October we would uh, do some more of you, give you a chance to have a second time. And uh, this will be the time to do it. So thank you guys. And we'll talk to you soon. See ya. All right. So I, I really liked that episode. So I'm glad I, I stumbled across it because I forgot all about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I started listening to it, I was like, oh, I forgot. That was actually a pretty cool episode. Okay. So let's do this. Let's take a quick break from a sponsor. And then we've got a couple of other things to tell you about briefly. And then we're going to jump into Philip's scary story. Sounds wonderful. Okay, so we have one more live event left this year by the time you're hearing this. And that is Bobby Mikey's October 24th. We only have about 10 tickets available. Remember, that one actually comes with a tour. Mm-hmm. So it'll be us, the team from Gatekeeper Paranormal will tell you about the stories of Bobby Mackey, and then... They will give everybody an hour tour. Yeah. it's You guys won't be disappointed because every time we've been on that tour, something's happened to somebody every single time, yep. including me. So you guys will want to come to that if you can. It's so much fun. The two, place is just cool as hell anyway. Two times in a row somebody got scratched. Yep. 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 
it's pretty creepy actually but um it's just a it's just a cool atmosphere in there anyway and just to know how old this place is and believe me you'll be able to tell how old it is when you get in there and see some of that stuff so they didn't really do much to it that's for sure yeah bobby hadn't spent a lot of money on the no. upkeep over the years no. bobby's just up he's just up in there singing his little heart out and bobby's like oh those spider webs that just makes it look authentic yeah so anyway we hope you guys snatch those tickets up and we look forward to seeing you guys yeah let's listen to philip real quick Hey guys, I got Philip from Tennessee on the phone and Philip had written me on Facebook and told me that he had uh, a bunch of strange occurrences going on at his workplace. He even sent me a video of, uh, it's an orb type thing, very clear picture. It looks like it's in a daytime. Uh, you can tell me a little in a little bit if that was daytime or not, but it's a really, really bright picture and you could see this thing coming and I really couldn't tell if it was a, a bug or if it was but uh, something supernatural, but it definitely was one of the better orb type pictures that I had seen. So first of all, thanks for coming on, Philip. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, that particular night, it was actually night, just a little bit before the evening. And I was looking at the camera because I do security and uh, I saw somebody on the lot that wasn't supposed to be there and they left. And I just happened to be looking at that particular screen and I saw what appeared to be, look like an orb. And I ran through several times and took different pictures of it. And I really can't tell you what it is. I mean, it looks from the, from the start of it, it looks like across the street, there's a light uh, from a building and it comes almost kind of like in a straight line and goes out of visual. And I really don't know what that is. Uh, I work security at a facility that stores cars for auctions and for repossession. Uh, we usually have several hundreds and several thousand cars there. Uh, since I've been there, we've had several strange occurrences that have happened. Uh, you know, when you work at a place like that, uh, you don't want to believe you work somewhere where paranormal stuff is going on but at the same time I'm kind of intrigued by it and sometimes it bothers some of the people there and then last night I was working and everything was going smooth and we have tow trucks that drop cars off and this guy came and there was a car that had the key in it and he said it kept trying to start and all the lights were turning all around it there wasn't no buddy around the vehicle it wasn't the type of vehicle that had like the push to start option on it. Uh, that happened. Uh, that's happened several times before. We, like I said, since we have a lot of vehicles there, sometimes we'll go around and there won't be any vehicles on or no lights. You come by and there's one, two or three cars that are running with the lights on. Um, uh, a long time ago, we had problems with some theft, so we brought in a lady from a contract security company. She came out there and saw, said that she saw an apparition on the lot of a white female that was crying, and she told one of the other people there about it, and then she left and didn't tell nobody. Uh, when we work inside the building, me and another guy, we take turns on shifts, sometimes we see like something in the hallway 
from our professional vision, we can never tell what it is. So we always leave the light on when that happens. Um, just unusual things is the lady who works there before they had security and she saw a man, the apparition of a man inside the building. And when she approached him, he disappeared. And then we had another occasion where one of the other security people that was there, I wasn't there, a car and lights were starting and stuff. The police department were called. I walked into the car, the car started by itself, and they checked it, they drew their guns, and there wasn't nobody there. So, yeah, that's pretty much what's what's been going on over there. And like I said, the activity seems like when it gets closer to October, more stuff happens on the outside. And then during the rest of the part of the year, the inside, I said, like I said, it's nice to think you see some of the purple visions. Sometimes you think you hear people talking or you hear some music and you go and investigate it and there's nobody there. So how long have you worked at the facility? Um, I've been with the company for about five years. So I actually transfer was gone for two and a half years. I've been there for about about almost two and a half years there. About five years, the whole company at a different location. Now, does this this activity, does it all happen primarily at nighttime or does some of this happen in the daytime as well? Uh, as far as I know, we don't really have very much occurrences during the day. Every once in a while, some keys will come up missing during the day because we do off with a lot of vehicles. But I'm not going to say that that's due to any paranormal activity, stuff people joke. But primarily, the stuff is at night when there's not a whole lot of people there. But you say it's fairly regular for cars to start up on their own and just just be running. Even now, in these situations, are there keys in the car or are there no keys in the car? Uh, there are keys that are kept in, in some of the vehicles, and on the instances there has been the keys in the vehicle. But some of the vehicles there are older vehicles where they don't have the push to start technology, so I don't know how they would start. Sometimes they will try to start and they don't start up all the way. And then also sometimes the alarms will go off for no apparent reason. And some of these vehicles, they may be 15, 20 year old vehicles. Some of these vehicles would be maybe a year or less old. So, I mean, you know, it's kind of weird. Like if you say, like it was a newer vehicle. Yeah, you could say it was pushed to start technology or something. That's also happening with these older vehicles that, you know, you don't think they would be able to start on their own to have that technology. unless. I mean, there could be something wrong mechanically with the vehicle that I'm aware of that's making it do it, but to my knowledge, there isn't. I also think it's cool that you've had at least a couple of different people who've seen apparitions inside the place. Have you guys ever talked about the possibility of bringing in paranormal investigators to kind of see if they can pinpoint what's going on? Yes, I have. There's a gentleman that used to work for us, but he no longer works with us. He was working with a paranormal team. He's trying to... Uh, get with them and see what they can come by and take a look and check it out. Hopefully sometime in the near future. So do you have any thoughts on what might be going on there? Any kind of history of the building or the area that, that may lead you to believe that maybe a prior tenant or, or a prior worker from years ago or somebody, any suicides on the property or deaths on the property? Do you know any of that stuff? There really hasn't been any suicides or death on the property to my knowledge. Now, we've had a couple of employees who have worked there. As a matter of fact, one that's just recently passed away within the last few days. 
matter of fact, if he passed away close to the day when I saw that uh, that orb, I don't know if they're connected or not. But there have been some people that work there who have just tragically just passed away away from the job, uh, uh, you know, uh, pretty quick but without any reason knowing why, like had a heart attack or something. Uh, and also the area that we're in, um, it's in uh, primarily a high crime area where there have been a lot of murders and things like that. I don't know if that's connected or not, but I'd say that that facility has probably been there 30 or 40 years. I'm trying to find the background of what it was before what it is today. Interesting. Yeah. Cause I mean, being in an area where there, there have been some uh, high crime or murders or something like that, it very well could be entities that have nothing to do with the facility itself. Just maybe somebody was killed, you know, uh, street over or something like that. Yeah. Even when I'm there doing a security at night, we hear uh, gunshots and there's police activity all over the place. So, I mean, yeah, it could be connected with that. Uh, and just the other night, when last night, one of the tow truck drivers came to me and there was a car. It was an Impala. It had the keys in the vehicle, but it was trying to start by itself. Nobody was around the vehicle or anything. And he sent me a video of that happening. Like I said, that just happened last night. And he was kind of scared to come and talk to me because like a lot of people there, I think, they know and they see a lot of things, but they're afraid to say anything about it because they might be ridiculed if people say they're crazy or or, or, or something. You know. It happens a lot, and as soon as one person open opens up about you know what they've seen, and then it, it seems like everybody else, it's like it opens the floodgates. Everybody else is willing to talk about it. Then it just takes that first person. Yeah, a lot of people are like that, and then some people. Uh, like I showed in the video of the orb and then they, they get scared and like some people just brush it off. Like they say, Oh, that's cool. I don't know what it is. I don't know. want to know what it is. It's like somebody <laughs> asked me, like, did you go investigate when the, when you, when the orb went? I said, no, I didn't go by myself. I said, you know, I can protect myself. I'm armed and everything, but I don't want to get possessed by some entity that I don't know. If somebody else would have been there, I probably would have investigated, but I don't want to go over there by myself. Yeah, guns don't work uh, very well against ghosts and entities, from my understanding. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like if somebody else would have been there with me, I would like have been with me in case something would happen to me, you know. I mean, I could see something, it could give me a heart attack for all of them. I don't know. I mean, I believe in the stuff, and I, I'm, I'm intrigued by it, and I enjoy it. But I'm not really so comfortable about having it happen where I work, if you, if you can you know, understand that. No, I can completely understand that. Well, Philip, thanks so much for for coming on and sharing the story with us. If you, uh, I don't know if you're a member of the of the Facebook group or not, but if you are, it'd be cool if you'd post that video in there and let everybody else see it as well. Sure thing, I'll do that, and then I'll also post the other video that the guy uh, had with the car, and then oh, cool. I'll, I'll also be, be be in touch with you, and hopefully we can get a paranormal team to go up there and check it out and see what's going on. Yeah, that would be really cool. I would definitely uh, like to see what comes of that. Thank you very much. I'm a big fan of your show and tell Tracy and Ninja I said hello. I will do so. Thank you so much, Philip. All right. Thank you. So Tracy, I always love to hear about haunted workplaces. Yeah, I know. Kind of makes it uh, more interesting, I think, if you work in a place that you that is haunted. You know, some jobs are just so boring, but at least you can get a little excitement out of it. 
And I, I want to say, if you're lucky enough, that is. Yeah, I want to say a big thank you to Philip. We got to talk um, off air for a while. Mm-hmm. He's went through a lot, um, a lot of losses of family members no. and stuff in the last couple of years. Bless his heart. And um, I just want to say, you know, I appreciate it. We didn't really get into it on the air, but yeah. the air, so I won't divulge much of what we talked about, obviously. But uh, he he just wanted to give us a lot of credit for helping him get through some Aww. tough times and. We just want to say, you know, thank you for allowing us to be a, a small part of your healing process. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Bless your heart. We pray for you, honey. Hugs to you. All right, guys. Thank you so much for bearing with us. And um, we love you. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye, guys. HillbillyHorrorStories.com. Get those Bobby Mackey tickets while they're available. <laughs> Subscribe.